0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Steph Curry seemed like he was toying with the Mavericks and Luka Doncic last night at times, and he was having a lot of fun. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, on the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker at Play ESPN Radio Network. Canty, what is going on? Listen, I I don't want to take a victory lap because we're only talking about
0: game one of the Western Conference Finals. But not too long ago, there was somebody that was a part of this show unit that was saying that the Golden State Warriors were going to win the NBA title this year, Mm -hmm. that that the Doves would be hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy for a fourth time in the Dre, Clay, and Steph Curry era of things. And... I didn't see anything in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals to move me off of that take. As a matter of fact, I'm saying it with my chest now with a whole (laughs) lot more air because that was
1: as dominant a performance as you could expect for the Golden State Warriors. Well, we have got a lot to get to with that and also a World Series contender with a major injury concern and a big development in that Celtics heat series game two tonight and the health status of marcus smart it is all on the way but for now let's roll
0: here we go Go, go.
1: only one place to start and you're going. It's not going to be a close game. Thompson, middle of the floor, left side to Curry. Shoots the three and knocks it home.
2: He's uncanny. Doesn't have to be square. Finds the spot, rises and hits. Because we've been away for two years and this is a different team. There's more gratitude of being back here and there's more of a sense of urgency on not letting an opportunity kind of slip away. So, who knows how it, you know it, it plays out?
1: They couldn't look more comfortable in the conference finals last night if they tried it was a 25 point win for the golden state warriors in game one over the mavericks chris and it's the third mavericks loss of 20 or more points this postseason so we'll get to what that actually means in a minute but that from pillar to post just looked like one of those games where the mavericks were really not going to have any kind of a chance and credit Steve Kerr because we both did raise a bit of an eyebrow yesterday. It's a suggestion that Andrew Wiggins would be working against Luka Doncic quite a bit. Man, he did a phenomenal job last night. His athleticism really showed in that regard. Oh, no doubt. Wig bald. And not just
0: on the defensive end, Carl, and on the offensive end, too. 15 yep. of his 19 points came in the first quarter. I mean, in the first half. So you're talking about a guy that set the tone for the Warriors on both ends of the court early on. But the one thing that I got to say about Golden State, man, it, it, it just, it's a different kind of team when Steph Curry plays with swagger. And the moment I knew that game was over, Carlin, was when Steph Curry coming out of the halftime knocks down three-pointers in a matter of you know, two possessions. Like he, they, Luka Doncic has a live ball turnover, and then Steph Curry comes down. Uh, One-on-four fast break, takes a step back three, The guy is headed back on defense before the ball even goes through the net. And then two possessions later, another live ball turnover by Luka. You're talking about Steph Curry getting the ball, throwing it behind his head to Draymond Green, coming off of a down screen by Jordan Poole, catch and shoot. And, I mean, he knocks it down. (laughs) And with Dwight Powell, the center for the Dallas Mavericks, in his face. And then, of course, Jason Kidd gets a timeout, and you see Steph Curry start to dance, doing a little bit of a skip. And it's a situation where you know – that the Dallas Mavericks have no shot of being able to win that game.
1: Yeah, this is what it looked like. Accelerates, can't get by Doncic, over the head, flings it out to green, (laughs) finds the relocated Curry for three. Unbelievable, another triple. Curry's dancing on the floor, and J. Kidd needs a timeout. Well, they certainly do, and Luka's got to
0: refocus. Most of their problems have been Luka Doncic
1: actually sounded like, to be more clear, but that's Mark Kestesher and P.J. last night. And, yeah, I mean, there was never a doubt at that point. It put them up by 17 in the third quarter. Good night, Delights. There there was never a thought. Listen, you and I have both seen enough games where you know there's a thought, well, you know, it may be a 15-point game here in the third quarter, but this game isn't over yet. That was not the thought last night. And, and look, Doncic was playing in sand all night. It looked like one of those nights where he was just, I don't want to say a step slower, but with the harassment that Golden State was providing Every time he's coming up the floor, even just picking him up in the backcourt to make him work a little bit harder that way. It was clear it was going to be one of those nights where he was not going to do anything he could do easily. They were, he was, they weren't looking to shut him down per se. Because I think it's impossible to do that, but they were never going to let him just go off and and take it full advantage and really get after it. They made him work for every single opportunity. And that's how you're able to get out on that. And the other way, Chris is. I mean, when you miss 37 threes in a game, good chance you're not winning that game.
0: Yeah, it's the second most missed threes. It's tied for the second most missed threes in postseason history. So we know this Dallas Mavericks team is feast or famine when it comes to the three-point shot and how much of a factor it is in determining whether they win or lose. I mean, we talked about it in the last series. They were plus 99 in three-point scoring against the Phoenix Suns, and in the series before that, they were plus 132 against the Utah Jazz in three-point scoring. So we know they're going to live and die by the three, but last night they weren't able to get that going, and I think a big part of that was Luka not being able to get the ball to the shooters in their spots and and have them be able to get into a rhythm. And that speaks to Steve Kerr and Andrew Wiggins basically deciding that this is going to be how we defend Luka Doncic, have Wiggins pick him up full court, disrupt the flow, disrupt the timing of their offense, but then also the strategy of going box and one at times, Carlin. Like that's not something that you typically see in the NBA game because, you know, you have such prolific shooters that are out there on the court. But to your point, when you miss that many shots and you have – you know, Andrew Wiggins disrupting the point of the spear the way he was against Luka Doncic, you can understand how the Dallas Mavericks shot 23% from three-point land. So I got to give credit where credit is due. It's a complete team effort, but Andrew Wiggins was up for the challenge against Luka Doncic. And the surprise for me in all of it is how Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic couldn't find a way to hunt the matchups that – were advantageous for Luka Doncic, whether it was getting Jordan Poole Mm. or getting Clay Thompson or getting Steph Curry, being able to find ways to create high pick and roll situations where the Warriors would have to switch and have one of those guys on them as opposed to Kavon Looney. But here's the thing. Kavon Looney also deserves some credit because he stayed in front of Luka Doncic. And then you had enough help defense that when Luka was able to get into the paint, it wasn't an easy finish at the rim for him. So a master class in defense from Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors, but we shouldn't expect anything less from this team because they've been one of the best defensive teams all year long, and that's kind of been one of their calling cards as well as shooting the three in this rendition of the Golden State Warriors with Dre, Clay, and Steph.
1: Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio in for Greeny today. Here's what I really love about it too. We always talk about athleticism in the NBA. This is a different type of Golden State Warriors team with the depth, and we have discussed the different iterations of it and such. You know, Clay and Draymond and Steph are going to do their thing. But when you have athletes like Wiggins, like Looney, and even – We didn't see him much last night, but I guarantee you we're going to see him more in a defensive role here at some point against uh, Luka, and that's Kaminga. When you have guys like that that are able to really step in and just kind of do whatever needs to be done, but also keep Doncic in front of them and not be able to go off and and just be a a swinging door, so to speak, defensively. Look, I don't expect this to be a sweep of a series because the Mavericks – They've lost the other two game ones. They've lost games by 25. They've lost three games by 25 or more points this postseason. They're going to be able to find their way back from this and and make it at least uh, an opportunity to win a a game or two in this series. But uh, uh, the fact that the Warriors just continue to find different identities within themselves to win these games is is just so super impressive to me and probably the most impressive aspect of them. Well, here's the thing, Carlin.
0: The Golden State Warriors save their best for when they feel threatened.
1: And I never felt like
0: they looked at the teams that they were playing in the first two rounds as a real threat. It didn't feel like that against the Denver Nuggets. It didn't feel like that against the Memphis Grizzlies. But coming off of the performances that we saw from Luka Doncic in that series against the Phoenix Suns, the team that had the best regular season record in the entire NBA, I could understand how Golden State might seem threatened in game one of the conference finals. Uh, Because we're talking about the championship rounds, of course, but also we're talking about a guy that's in the conversation for the best player on the planet in Luka Doncic. So I knew that we would see the best of what Golden State have to offer. And, you know, if you think about it, you could understand why you didn't see the best version of the Dallas Mavericks. You're talking about a team that went through an emotional seven-game series with the Phoenix Suns, blasted them in game seven on the road, Stayed in Phoenix the night after they won, flew to Golden State on Monday and practiced there on Monday and Tuesday. You can understand how there might be a little bit of an emotional letdown, a little bit of a letdown from an energy level standpoint coming into this series where they're at a rest deficit. So I get why the Dallas Mavericks didn't give Golden State their best punch, but I fully expect that we're going to see that in game two. Now, here's the only difference with what the Dallas Mavericks are dealing with in this game two as opposed to the game twos in the first two rounds, mm. you're playing against a team that has championship DNA. You're playing against a team that's been here and done that. You made the point during our production meeting before the show, you're talking about them being their eighth conference finals with Steph, Clay, and Draymond under Steve Kerr. There's a reason why this team is 19-1 and one when they win game one of a seven-game series under Steve Kerr. They understand what it takes. And so if you're the Dallas Mavericks – yeah, you're not going to panic, but you got to also recognize it's a little bit of a different animal with Golden State as opposed to Phoenix and the Utah Jazz.
1: Oh, there's no doubt, and, and you could not look more comfortable in a conference final than they did last night. It was really, really apparent Throughout the course of the night, we are just getting rolling on an incredibly jam packed show today. In moments, we're going to get to the Boston Celtics and what's cooking with them. We're also going to keep you updated on Tiger Woods, who is one under through two. He is playing at the PGA Championship today. You can catch that over on ESPN Plus with the featured groups. And he is with a good group with Rory McElroy and Jordan Speed. So we will keep you updated on what is going on there. It is Canty and Carlin. for Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance up next a major development in the Celtic series regarding one of those two key, two key pieces that missed game 1 game 2 coming up tonight on ESPN it is Canty and Carlin in for greenie on ESPN radio Tiger Watch
0: Greeny the podcast
1: you're getting up, pressuring ball handlers, jumping in passing lanes. They didn't even allow simple dribble handoff.
3: Relocates, gets it, fires. for three got it. Oh, Jimmy Buckets with a big one. He came into this series averaging a playoff career high 28.7 points. And tonight he hung 41 points, nine boards, five assists, four steals, and three blocks on 17 for 18 free throw shooting. That is the very definition of a superstar in the NBA.
2: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement,
3: Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It was an
1: impressive game one performance for the Miami Heat. Good for them. Canty and Carlin in for Graney on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, as always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling home and auto easy. Learn more at Progressive.com. Let's get to some straight talk right away. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless and get the very latest On Marcus Smart and Al Horford tonight, here is Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA reporter this morning on Get Up.
4: Yeah. So Al Horford is listed as doubtful. There is a path for him to test out of the health and safety protocols, but it's very unlikely based on past history. So not only is he probably not going to play tonight, the real question is whether he can play on Saturday in game three, because unless you test out or have enough, a low enough viral load that you're no longer deemed contagious, it's usually at least a minimum of five days to clear the health and safety protocols. So they have to face the reality that they may not have Al Horford as late as game four. The news is much better on Marcus Smart. He has been upgraded to probable with a foot sprain. I expect him to play tonight. There is some question about how effective he will be able to be on that foot. I expect the Heat to definitely test him early in the game, uh, especially because moving side to side is going to be very important. That's a a core part of Marcus Smart's game. But to be honest with you, they miss Marcus Smart more than they did Al Horford in game one when the Heat just totally attacked his replacement, uh, uh, Peyton Pritchard, on defense.
1: Yeah, they did, Chris. And look, for me, and it's not selling anything short for Al Horford. Smart is the more important player. And when we heard yesterday that... He was unable to make basketball moves before the game the other night. You couldn't feel great about where this was headed, but when they've already upgraded him to probable, I'm a lot more optimistic. To me, that would have been a situation where if they just kind of let it go up until game time again and play it questionable and right down the middle, this to me says a lot more about where smart is with this foot sprint.
0: Yeah, and I think that Ime Adoka is playing a long game, right? If you, you want to be as competitive as you can in all the games in the series, but knowing that Marcus Smart was coming off of a foot sprain in the series finale against the Milwaukee Bucks, you'd know you you'd think that he'd have a better chance of being more effective in game two as opposed to game one. So the mission for the Boston Celtics is to steal one in South Beach. That way you get home court advantage. And so you have a better chance of that with a Marcus Smart that can be closer to the version of himself that we're accustomed to seeing. the guy that showed up and made big plays um, so far throughout the playoffs. So that's what I'm anticipating in this. And, of course, it's it's not just what he brings on the defensive end, Carlin. It's also what Marcus Smart does for the offense. He's the orchestrator. Remember, if you go back to early 2022 in January when Ime made the switch to make Marcus Smart the full-time point guard, that's when this offense took off. That's when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown – Figured, you know, we were able to coexist and, you know, play up to the potential that we knew both of those individuals had, but be on the court at the same time. So I think that's going to be important in terms of being able to have a much more efficient offense. And that's exactly what the Boston Celtics need. We saw it for the first half, and it disappeared in the second half because of all of the ball pressure that the Miami Heat were able to put on the Boston Celtics. I think that changes when you have Marcus Smart, somebody that's a more capable ball handler than Peyton Pritchard or anybody else that you may might use in
1: that role. I'll take it a step further. Look, if Marcus smart plays tonight and he's anywhere near uh 100%, if he's 80%, 70%, I expect the Celtics to bounce back and win this game tonight. I, and that's that's I know they all with Carlin. That's because of what, the, that's what they always do. They're yeah. 11 and three after losses. They
0: always bounce back. So, that that's what the Miami Heat can expect. And here's the other thing, Carlin, and this is a telling stat. Jason Tatum has got to find a way to be more efficient on the offensive end. When he shoots over 50% in the playoffs, the Boston Celtics are 5 and 0. When he's under that number, they're 3 and 4. So it all comes down to Jason Tatum not just being a volume scorer, but being efficient as a scorer because that means he's taking good shots and that means he's setting up other shots, uh, he's setting up other good shots for other players. So I, I just think that Jason Tatum You know, he's got to get going. We know how important he is. He's a bona fide superstar. But it's also about him making sure that he makes the right basketball play. And I think that when you have Marcus Smart on the court, it lends itself to getting the
1: very best version of Jason Tatum. This is something that we talked about a little bit before the series. Tatum going through what he did through the first two series and beating Durant and beating Giannis and taking that step up into club superstars, you've called it, and the top five players in the league, the pressure that would exist if they were to lose this series and he were to not play well. There is a good amount of pressure on Jason Tatum here. I don't feel like it's going to take him out of the top five for me because I can't go against everything that we have seen in his development over the last few years. I, I just don't see that. But I also don't expect him to play that poorly. I don't expect that to happen. Does it do a lot of damage for you if this Heat team beats Tatum and the Celtics and he does not play well in your perception of what Jason Tatum is? You know,
0: Carlin, I, I hate to say this because we've seen so many good things from Tatum in the first couple of rounds, but it does knock him down a peg. And the reason I say that is because if you look at the Miami Heat, I get it, they're the number one seed in the Eastern <sighs> Conference, but that that only happened because they are clear to Boston and the other teams by two games, right? I mean, it was the thinnest of margins in terms of that number one overall seed. It was in question going into the final two weeks of the season. So I, I'm I, – I, It's not like Miami is head and shoulders better than the Boston Celtics. As a matter of fact, you could probably make the argument from a talent standpoint that Boston has more than Miami. And and so if I'm looking at Jason Tatum and what he's surrounded with comparison to Jimmy Butler and the supporting cast that he has, I I really don't see any excuse as to why Tatum wouldn't be able to get his team past the Miami Heat. I I thought the Milwaukee Bucks – were a tougher test by far. The Brooklyn Nets, from a talent standpoint, seem like they have more than the Heat, but they just don't play together as a team. But the Miami Heat are the quintessential team. And at some point, if you're going to get your team to the NBA Finals, you've got to beat a really good team. And it feels like this is Jason Tatum's
1: best opportunity to do that since he's been in a Celtics uniform. This is what bothers me, though. When the Heat fans get all up in arms about, well, you're not giving us enough credit, and you're hammering us here because we don't have enough talent, but our defense is so good. Did I miss something in the Milwaukee Bucks are not a good defensive team? I mean, you know, Giannis is a tremendous defensive player on both ends. The Bucks don't exactly just let you go out there and put up a buck 20 without blinking. That That's not how they play. So, yes, the Heat are a great defensive team, but so is everybody else that's left. You know, yep. and, and getting through the box was not like going through Swiss cheese. So as much as the heat and their fans want their respect, it says a lot to me right now. And, and to be clear, it's not going to knock him down that much for me, but it says a lot to me that we're still looking at it that way. Like, well, if, if he can't get through the Miami heat, you know, it kind of looks like, well, yeah, that would knock him down a peg because we're saying at that point that the heat aren't that great. That they're, they're not as talented. That's that's clear to me. They are not as talented. But we are saying then that the Heat just aren't that great.
0: No, they're not as talented. But here's the thing. The Miami Heat are healthier, it feels like, than the Boston Celtics because the Celtics were down two starters in game one. And the Heat were only down one in Kyle Lowry, who, as you've mentioned, has not played well throughout the entire postseason. So, from that perspective, yeah, I, I'm with you a thousand percent. Like the Miami Heat do not have as much talent as the Boston Celtics, but you know, the best players don't always make the best team, the best team always wins. That's what Bill Parcells used to always say, and it holds true no matter what team sport you're talking about. Um, but in basketball, the superstar has the ability to make that much more of an impact, that much more of a difference, and that's what I'm looking for from Jason Tatum because it's clear. That Jimmy Butler has already put his fingerprints all over this series with the game one performance that he had. Now, down Jason Tatum has to respond in kind, and I think he has a taste of the kind of intensity and the level of physicality that it's going to take in order to make plays for his team, especially when it matters the most in the second half. Celtics win tonight for
1: me. Same for you? Yeah,
0: Celtics win.
1: They've been so good good after losses, I'm not going to bet against them. No, and look... If they go down two games to none and Smart is nowhere near uh, what he needs to be, then they've got a problem on their hands. But uh, until I see that happen, I I think Smart coming back tonight, assuming he will, now listed as probable, upgraded – that's going to make all the difference in the world for the Celtics. This has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greenie on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. According to research, 90% of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture is key to attracting and keeping great employees. And if you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review these candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Tiger Watch. And we go live to 14 at Southern Hills, Chris, where Tiger Woods in his group with Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy are now through five. And within the last 10 seconds, Tiger has birdied and he is now two under. How about that? Rory McIlroy, three under at this point. You know, Chris, Tiger has been doing
0: a great job of keeping the ball in play Fairways and regulations, greens and regulations. And that creates a lot of scoring opportunities for him. So if he continues to play like this, not only do I look for Tiger to make the cut, but I look for him to be in contention in the last day for the players.
1: Let's just keep doing golf voices for the entire show today. I have always wanted to be a golf commentator because I would be in that, at least I would I would force it and try to be in that David Faraday role because when you speak in that lower voice but you say something that's remotely off the proper golf terminology to me it makes it that much funnier i don't
0: know oh, oh so you so you want to do this this is this is something that
1: interests you i wouldn't want I would it.
0: think you're too fiery of a guy when when those big moments happen you're not going to be able to contain yourself
1: oh well that 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 true in and of itself yeah would make yeah. it even better you you would be
0: like the happy gilmore of golf ha.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I I would try to do that, exactly. And then I would get thrown out of the club. Like, I've been to Southern Hills just for a brunch Mm -hmm. at at one time like 15 years ago. So is it one of those chill
0: places, laid back, or is it one of those you got to come with the khakis and the blue blazer, that kind of deal? Let's put it it this way. way. It goes either way, you know what I mean? It's like either you go to a country club and it's kind of chill, it's relaxed, or... It's a little bit stuffy. You got the blue blazers on, and you have to play. You know, I, I, I'm just saying it's it's one end of the spectrum or the other. There is no middle ground when it comes to golf country clubs.
2: I'm stupid. You're smart.
1: <laughs> exactly. Let, let's put it this way: as Tiger has sliced what appears to be a four iron off the 15th tee, and he does not look happy as he walks to his left and. Now, a little couple of half assed practice swings <laughs> after really <laughs> missing it badly. See, stuff like that would keep me from doing it. But to the point with Southern Hills, uh, yeah, it's, um, let's just put it this way. When a guy like me walks into that, it's basically like Tommy Boy walking into the front door there. <laughs> like, you, I immediately get the looks of, like, I'm sorry, son, some people just don't belong. <laughs> And I'm one of those people. So, so it's yes. Tommy Boy, but
0: clearly without the hair, though, right? Yes, a yeah.
1: bald Tommy Boy. Actually, bald back Tommy then, I go. actually had the hair like Tommy Boy. It would have been all over the place, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. So it
0: wasn't your cup of tea is what you're saying?
1: No, no, okay. I, I, no, absolutely not. Give me the municipal course, and that's where I'll be comfortable. Did you did you have to have a cup of tea when you went there? <laughs> you know, I think we might have. <laughs> <laughs> put your fancy guarantee in a box because he wants you to feel all warm and toasty inside. <laughs> yeah, that's that great. Makes a man feel good.
0: <laughs> that's great. I love it. I love everything about it. I can uh,
1: you be so But listen, I would absolutely do this. I would absolutely want to do this. Oh, Tiger. Oh, he sliced, sliced it right. Oh, he's in jail, Chris. He's, he's not getting out of this.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of trouble over there, Chris, and this is <laughs> going to create an interesting angle for Tiger to try to get this
1: on the green. Not sure he can pull it off. No, 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 no. It, or I would rather have... I would rather be a guy that was out there with a microphone following a couple of hackers, <laughs> you know? Oh, oh they're going to go nuts. Oh, oh, Chris, he's topped it off the tee into the creek on the left side.
0: Yeah, Chris, there's really not much more I need to say than other than it's all bad for Tiger right
1: now. <laughs> not sure how he's going to be able to scramble on this hole. So the interesting thing here with Tiger, though, is that you watch him – this week in getting ready for this. And you even watching him walk around today, he looks so different than he did a month ago at Augusta. He looks very, very, very comfortable. There is not a noticeable limp uh, to him like there was last month. And even you listen to him, and he's never going to be somebody that's going to say, no, I don't think I have a chance. But take a listen to him here, and you tell me that... The guy doesn't truly have the belief that he can go and win this tournament.
4: I feel like I can, yeah. Definitely. I just got to go out there and do it. I got to do my work. And um, it starts on Thursday, and I'll be ready. So I have tough days, and um, things aren't, aren't going to be as as easy as people might think. But uh, I feel like I'm doing better. Um, I'm having more days in which are, are better and more positive. Um, able to practice a little bit longer. Um, so I'm able to do do activities and and things that um, I was hoping to do, and I'm
1: finally able to do them. Chris, I think Tiger has, as as would happen with all professional athletes, right? He has become much more aware of what he is capable of, what his body is capable of at this point, and what he needs to do in order to maximize that. But he does like he said it last month at Augusta and. Obviously, you have to go in with that mentality. But to me, when I listen to him now, he has that feel to him of being a lot more confident in where he is.
0: Yeah, from a mental standpoint, I think Tiger's in a good place. The question is, is he going to be able to hold up physically? And, Carlin, you've been out to Southern Hills. I haven't, but it's it's been touted as a course that's relatively flat, which should play w- you know, into Tiger's favor in terms of being able to move around and walk 18 for four straight days. So I'm hoping that this will be a little bit of a different story as opposed to what we saw in Augusta where you could see that, you know, you know walking around the golf course throughout the course of the weekend took its toll on him. So from that perspective, I think Tiger will be in much better shape. But we'll make this course challenging for Tiger and the rest of the field is the win. I mean, listening to Andy North and others talk about what they're expecting over the course of this weekend, you're talking about winds out of the southwest the first couple of days from 10 to 20 miles per hour with gusts up to 30, and then out of the north the final two days with uh, winds gusting up to 25 miles an hour. So that's going to be the challenge. It's going to be two completely different courses on the first couple of days as opposed to what it's going to be on the last couple of days. So that's going to have to be something that the players adjust to, not something that they have to deal with when you talk about your typical PGA Championship.
1: Well, that that rough is pretty thick. That's a thatch rough that's out there, and Tiger uh, from 173, Chris just chunked it pretty good. And he better <laughs> get out the sunblock and the umbrella because he's making a trip to the beach right now in front of the green on 15. Uh oh, that's a problem. Uh, that's a that, problem. He has 100 a problem for Tiger. He is one under through four. We'll keep you updated on what's going on with Tiger. The, the featured group is on ESPN Plus. That's where I'm watching it right now as we speak. You can check it out there. But the PGA championship is underway at Southern Hills down in Tulsa. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greenie on ESPN radio. According to research, 90% of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace, like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture, is key to attracting and keeping great employees. And if you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiters. ZipRecruiters technology finds the right candidates for your job, proactively presents them to you. You can easily review these candidates and invite them to apply and invite your top choices to apply try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny that's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio last night a major major concern for the New York Mets is their ace going to miss some time we'll fill you in on the latest next on Greeny on ESPN radio Greeny, the podcast.
4: Son, isn't this great? Blue skies, fresh cut grass, birds chirping. You
2: gonna <laughs> recite me a poem, easy? Jeez, you love this golf stuff, huh? Oh yeah. Figure a guy your size, why, why didn't you play a normal sport like football?
1: <laughs> PGA Championship going on as we speak, and ah, uh, in Southern Hills, Tiger has bogeyed, so he is now one under through six, one under, through six. He has opted for the navy blue horizontal stripes today. Chris, disappointing. He put it in the trap and just could not get up and down. Unfortunate.
0: Yeah, and so now he's got a lot of work to do to be able to catch up with Rory McElroy, who's in the same pairing as him, and a couple of strokes ahead. So it'll be interesting to watch those guys in that grouping play together and move through the tournament with Tiger chasing them.
1: Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We will shift to golf voices throughout the day as we check in on Tiger and what's going on as the PGA Championship opens at Southern Hills. Uh, the Tiger Watch. By the way, we do have to give proper credit. Tiger Watch was initially invented by the Michael K. show. Yes. Because I heard be a little one, flack one about Ro- that a few
0: weeks One back. Peter Rosenberg, by the way. Yes, yeah. so exactly. So we got give credit where credit is due. We don't, Exactly. We don't steal other people's stuff without giving them credit, unlike... Some people from the Barton Hahn show. Yeah, as I'm in not gonna, Alan Han. I'm not going to name, no, name no names, though. I will. Alan Hahn. On
1: <laughs> H-A-H-N. Who, by the way, did do a tremendous job last night in studio hosting during the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, he, he is doing yeah, uh, absolutely tremendous job. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone FixFinder service. The AutoZone FixFinder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone FixFinder service is verified by data from over 5.5 million ASE certified technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. Auto zone. Last night, scary, scary moment for the New York Mets when Max Scherzer pulled himself out of the game, and it appears to be a left lower back slash intercostal slash whatever the uh, oblique, the, uh, the muscles that are on the side of you uh, seemed to be strained a little bit. And Scherzer, for his part, said after the game that he felt like it was more precautionary and didn't think uh, he was doing it to hopefully avoid further big damage. He is going to go and get an MRI later today, doesn't think he tore anything, but just was trying to play it safe. Listen to David Cohn this morning, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball Analyst on Keyshawn, Jaywell and Max on just how concerning this is.
4: It's very concerning, you know. And you guys know this, and I've heard you say this that you know he's so tough, and it's been he's been so known for pitching through pain that for him to take himself out of the game is really troubling. When when you factor all that in, but with that being said, maybe he's matured. Maybe he knows his body so well that he got himself early. He got himself out early enough before there was anything major that that could have happened. Rather than try to pitch through something, and that's the that's the hardest thing for any athlete really in any sport, is to to sort of distinguish between pain and injury. You know, is this pain, can I work through it, or or am I on the edge of of injuring myself? And you just hope that Max understands the difference between those two.
1: It it kind of feels like, Chris, in this case, he he does understand it. It feels like he did not um, mess around with this and wanted to make sure to get out of the game so that it's not a deeper problem.
0: Well, here's the thing, Carlin. You you can't win the pennant in May, but you can lose it. And how you lose it is not only having Jacob DeGrom on the IL, but also having Max Scherzer on the IL for an extended period of time. And that's the thing that the Mets have to avoid because this team was built around their starting pitching and in their lineup being able to manufacture runs. And so far, both parts of that team have held up their end of the bargain, but... Now you're starting to run a little thin. Let's me not forget, Tyler McGill also went on a 15-day IL with uh, bicep tendinitis. So that's going to be something to watch too, putting a lot more strain on the rest of that pitching staff. So going to be interesting to watch where the Mets go from here, but they do tout the third best record in baseball. So there's got to be a little bit of confidence that they'll be able to stay afloat and Steve Cohen will make the necessary moves at the trade deadline. He'll pony up for it. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio and see it with the video on ESPN plus also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN and also available wherever
3: you get your podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing your relationships, your skills, your customer base? How about businesses on Shopify?